Welcome to Learn Portuguese by Travel and Learn. This is the 25th episode. It is a short conversation I had with Portuguese anthropologist Pedro Pomb and Cristang teacher Sara Frederica Santa Maria. What is Papia Cristang and what are the similarities with Portuguese? The sound, I must admit, was not great. I'm sorry for that. Nevertheless, I consider this conversation very important because you will learn so much about Papia Cristang spoken in Malacca and discover the similarities with Portuguese language. So, here we go! Today I'm here to interview Sara Frederica Santa Maria, who is a teacher of Cristang, of Papia Cristang. Every Saturday she teaches online to a group of about... How many people, Sara? About 20. Around 20 people at 3 p.m. Malacca time. 2 p.m. for adults and 3 p.m. for kids. Ah, so 2 p.m. for adults and 3 p.m. for kids. And we are here to share with you what is Kristan. So first I will ask Sara to uh, talk a little bit about herself. Okay, hola. My name is uh, Sara Frederica Santa Maria. I was born and bred in the Portuguese settlement Malacca. So I've been living here all my life, I've not left the settlement and I teach Kristang, the Kristang language to adults and children. I started in my house but since because of the lockdown I've gone uh, better, I went into technology. <laughs> so I started using Google Meet in my classroom. I have a dance troupe, the dance troupe is a, a traditional Portuguese dance troupe. They are mostly children, ages from 4 to 16 years old. Um, the name of my dance troupe is Tropa de Santa Maria. I use my family name, Santa Maria. And uh, I do a lot of things. I do heritage walk in the settlement. I do cooking workshop. There's so many other things that I do. Ah, so I, we have lots to talk about. But I also have another guest here, and that is Pedro Pombo, my friend Pedro Pombo. And I will ask him to just talk about yourself a little bit, Pedro, before we start. Uh, yes, hello. I'm Pedro Pombo. I'm, a, I'm Portuguese. I'm art historian and anthropologist. And I've been living in Goa for two years now, and uh, three years more in India, in, uh, in Gujarat. I, have, I, I mean, I teach in the, in the Portuguese department in Goa University. Our classes are in Portuguese. And I also do research on Goan diaspora, Goan culture, heritage, and around the Portuguese presence in the Indian Ocean. And I know also um, Nalini very well because we have some projects together on, on Goan diaspora. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I don't, I don't speak Kristang and I hardly speak any Konkani, shame, shameful. <laughs> Of my, of me. <laughs> Sorry, you spoke about your settlement. Uh, who speaks Kristang uh, in Malacca? The settlement where you live and other places? Can, can you tell us a little bit about where in Malacca uh, people speak Kristang? Mostly in the Portuguese settlement, of course. All of us do speak. We still speak the language. And uh, there are some who from outside of the settlement who, who do speak. People in Malacca, in Kuala Lumpur, Singapore. And in Penang, they do speak. Okay, and what is the name of your settlement? The name of my settlement is Portuguese Settlement. Oh, it's called Portuguese Settlement? Yes. Oh, um, I don't know, Pedro, you have a question? Yes, I, I would like to, because uh, there are other uh, languages of Portuguese influence in the Indian Ocean area. So what, 
what are what can you tell us about the roots of the the particular roots of the Christang? To my understanding, okay, because I spoke, I learned Christang from my grandmother because my grandma only spoke uh, Christang. She did not speak English or Bahasa Malaysia or any other language. She only spoke Christang. So that's where we learned. So um, what I understand is that this language came in 1511 when the Portuguese landed in Malacca. So it was from that time. But I'm sure there was some evolution because there is a mixture of Bahasa Malaysia in our language as well. Yeah, we have some Malay words in, English Malay. words in, uh, there is some influence already. And uh, I, I've been hearing this that uh, is, is Kristan going to die soon because people don't speak it? Is it true? I, I don't know. Uh, if they do not speak, yes, it will. Because now there is so many intermarriages. So like moms are maybe Filipinos, dad is uh, Indian, Chinese, Malay. So the language is declining. It's not dying, but it is declining. That is why I decided to start a class. And, and when did you start these classes? How many years back? Um, in 2012. I started 20, oh. in 2012, yeah. Is there any other uh, teachers who are teaching Christian? We are the only one doing it alone? In the settlement, yes, I'm alone. But there is my friend, Philomena Singho, who does online... Uh, she shares the language online. On Facebook, sorry. Mm. So... Uh, what what do you think you need to do for the for Christian to survive in nowadays? Apart from the apart from the classes, what what are the activities? What has to happen for the language to survive? Well, they have to speak. They do. They they, they have to speak it in the house. Uh, my suggestion, or I would suggest to my students, is that they speak in a week, maybe on Wednesday. They only choose like Papia Christian day. So they do not speak any other language, no English, no Bahasa in that house. So you only speak Kristang. You communicate with Kristang, even through WhatsApp, you communicate with Kristang. I think that's the best way to revive back the language also. Well, I, I have, I'm curious about two things. One is that how come the language survived for so long? And if uh, today the older generations are still fluent in Kristang, or even older generations are losing it. Because uh, uh, we, we do have the older generations. They, do, they, they still speak at home. Uh, you see, that's why the language is still there. It's still surviving. My, like my father, what he did was he documented. We have books. Okay. But I have, not, okay. I have not published uh, my dad's book. But, you know, he documented because he didn't want his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren to forget the language. He wants this to go on and on. And for how, I mean, for the language to have survived for so long, was it spoken only in the community or it was a language used with other communities in, in Malacca? It's only within us, in our community. And even though we have like a Chinese shop and a Chinese man, he will, he can also speak Krisang. Because he is in the community, he is in the settlement. In the settlement. Mm. And tell me one thing, in the, you have a church in the Portuguese settlement. We have a chapel. A chapel. And mm. are the masses in Kristan? Unfortunately, I, no. Oh. Um, this priest, he is a mixed, mixed parentage. His mom, his grandma is a Kristan. Ah. His grandpa is Indian. His dad is Indian. But he can, can speak. He tried. He tried ah. to have mass once he did the mass Kristan. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Ah, he didn't continue. Oh. <laughs> because uh, my father and the late father Pintadu, 
um, translated the, the mass from English to Kristang. So in the for the mass in Kristang, we also have Portuguese words because you cannot really get one hundred percent of the Kristang words. Some words we cannot translate, so uh -huh. we had to use we have to use the Portuguese words. So yeah. during your father's time, there were the masses were in Kristang. Did your father's time? We had Father Pintado who could con communicate in uh, Kristang. So yeah, we did have mass like during Festa de San Pedro, St. Mm -hmm. Peter's Feast. Uh, we had mass in uh, in Kristang. Oh, so this is something that got lost now in this generation. Yes. Because the word Kristang comes from a, a Portuguese word, no? Yes. Which means Kristang. So, um, so all the all the community who speaks Christian was always uh, has been always Catholic all these centuries. Yes, we've all been Catholics all this while. Yes. And was there and you you uh, and uh, you were learning Christian, but was there also Portuguese uh, schools or someone speaking Portuguese or only Christian? No, we do not have um, the Portuguese language in school. We do not have that, and uh, we do not have the Christian language being taught in school also. Only spoken at what, home. So what is the language that right now is taught in school? Uh, Bahasa Malaysia and English. It was never taught in school. No, never. Uh, English, and then uh, it depends if you're coming from a Chinese school, then you have Mandarin. If Indian school, then you have Tamil. So how many schools do you have now in the Portuguese settlement? We have one secondary school, but that school belongs to the government, so it's English and Malay. You don't have the teachers to teach? I don't have teachers to teach. Uh, we have been reading because these uh, connections between uh, Goa and Malacca, and we also read that some priests were going from Goa to Malacca to be priests in the churches, in the Portuguese settlements. Do you, do you, I mean, do you remember any Goan priest or any Goan living there? Or do you have any, you know, direct contact with Goa? I only know one priest so far throughout my life. Only one priest came here, Father Benito. He's from Goa. Oh, okay, okay. And he did learn a bit of Christang or no? Oh, yes, he did. Because he stayed here all his life until he retired. Then he went back to Portugal. You know, but uh, you, Sari, you think it is possible, like, for example, here in Goa, there is a, a foundation called Fundação Orient who pays Portuguese teachers just to go to the schools and teach Portuguese. Okay, so oh. they have one, one subject of Portuguese in school. Mm. It's just one, it's not the whole thing, system cannot change, but yeah. one subject is, is, is Portuguese. So uh, is it not possible to do such a thing in, uh, in uh, for example, in, in your Portuguese settlement, just to have one teacher who goes like, say three, four times a week to the school to teach Christian, which is part of the curriculum is, is uh, is it a possibility? Would the government uh, support that? I don't know. Somebody has to go and, and suggest this. Maybe, yeah. Maybe can if there is someone who can, who's willing to go up and teach. Like now you're doing it privately, right? Yeah. If this could do it, be done in the school, like, is there a curriculum for Kristang? Is, is, or when you teach is just a, a more, more colloquial, more oral? Yes, this book was done by um, University of Malaya. Three of us okay. did this together. So it's topical. It's topical. Okay. Yeah. So I wish to send you. You can get this book from University of Malaya. I'll send you the link so you can uh, get it online. 
We have done CDs, we have done books, we have we even have an app. I'll send you the app. Ah, so you're a very active person. I oh. can see that, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure you'll be able to introduce Kristang in the schools there in the Portuguese settlement. Actually, that's our aim. Yeah. That's our aim, to get someone to teach in the school. Not yeah. me, maybe somebody else. Oh, I'm sure you'll be able to. If you have done so much already, I'm 100% you'll be able to do it in the future. No? And, and what is this term called Padre Sachang? Padre Sachang is the Portuguese settlement. Why it is called Padre Sachang is because the settlement was um, founded by two priests. Father Francois, a French priest, and a Portuguese priest, Father Corrado. Ah. Alvero Corrado. So they are the ones who allocated this piece of land for us when they went to see the government and they got it, this piece of land for us. Because at one time we were staying in Trancara, Bandakaba, so we were scattered. So he said, we are scattered, we cannot um, practice, like we cannot celebrate San Pedro, San Juan together, or Christmas together. So that's why he located us all in this place and we are able to have the celebration, like San Pedro, San Juan, everything. Ah, that's why it is called Padre Sanchang. The, the Portuguese settlement, it's still in the historical area of Malacca, right? So that, yes, right? yes, yes, right. And, and Sarah, tell me one thing about the importance. You said that you have a troop called Troop Santa, Trop Santa Maria, right? Correct? And yes. Uh, so, so music and dance is, an important, uh, is important to maintain the language. The reason why I started this dance troupe because I have seen the potential in these children. They love dancing, they love singing. And some of them can, are musically inclined, they can play music, musical instruments. So instead of them, you know, children, they like to loaf here and there, roam around the settlement, they play in the drains and all that. So I said, come, let's have a dance troupe. Let's play music, let's sing. So that's how I started my dance troupe. And, and what are the, the dances? What are the names of the dances? I have Umaliao, Tirulilus, Palaspera. We have on YouTube. Is it? Yes, we have a YouTube channel where the children and myself were singing together. Oh, okay. I have to go there and I'll put it also for the podcast. What is the name of the YouTube? Either you find my name, Sarah, or Tropa de Santa Maria, you can get it. T-R-O-P-A. Yeah, just like in Portuguese, Tropa. Ah. I will give the link so that our listeners also can go to YouTube and mm. see your troop, Tropa Santa Maria. Okay? No. So you have Omalhão. Oh my I have a oh, Tirulilu. Tirulilu Liru. By one more. Patepeo. By Roberto Carlos. Roberto Lia. Is it Roberto Carlos? Maybe, I don't know. Is it, is it Brazilian song? Yeah, it's a Brazilian song. Um, where this Portuguese settlement is, or where, where you live, is there, it, is it becoming a touristic attraction? Is it part of the historical Malacca? Uh, are there tourists coming and, and see the shops and buy the foods and seeing your dance shows? Oh, yes. Known for tourists? It is, it is. That is why, okay. because um, at one time when you come into the settlement, you only see houses and the shops, if you come in the daytime, the shops are all closed. And there is a museum there, also closed. So that's why I started together with University Malaya. They gave me this idea to start a heritage walk. So I introduced them. I tell them a, a short a history of the settlement. I bring them to the first house in the settlement. Happened to be my family house. Because my family is the first family to settle in the settlement in 1930s. 
So and then um I have that's when I have the Portuguese dance. The children will perform the dance. I give them a mini Portuguese class, a language class. Oh. So at least they go back. They have some memory of Portuguese settlement. So so you can give us a, a mini Portuguese class to us also. Tell me some some words in Christian. Okay, like, we could learn. Yeah, learn so we know, so we, we know, yes. we can yeah. figure out no the the differences. Okay, like we for morning we will say bong pamyang, bong panyang, bong pamyang. But you say bong dia, right? We say bong uh -huh. pamyang, and then good afternoon is bong media, bong media. Yeah, and and uh, evening is bong atadi. And at night is bon, uh, bonganoti. Boanoti. Yes. Boanoti. Ah, so that is very similar to us. Boa tardi, boa no Yes, Pedro? only you don't have bon pamyang. Bon pamyang, yeah. That is For example, how would you say, um, good morning, how are you? How do you say, how are you? We say bon pamyang, teng bong. Teng bong. And, and uh, how you say, uh, grandfather, avo? Abo. Abomachu. Abomachu. Grandfather Abomachu. is Abomachu. Okay, so so then the uh, grandmother avo will be? Uh, Abofemi. 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 Abomachu, Abofemi. Okay, Pedro, now we know some Christian. Irmão. <laughs> um, we say Irmão. We say Irmão, but we say Irmão. If a sister, older sister is Susie, if younger sister is Irmang Femi. Irmang Femi. Yeah. Okay. And, and the uncle? Uncle? Tiu? Tiu. That's the same. Tiu. Tiu, Tia is the same. Father-in-law and sister-in-law. How do you say in Portuguese? Because it could be the same. Uh, Brother-in-law mm. is the cunhado. Cunhado, lah. Cunhado and cunhada. Prima and primo. Oh, same, same. Sogro and sogra. Ah, same. Sogro and sogra. Uh, Mother-in-law, father-in-law. I think in yeah, I think in terms of family uh, relatives are very very similar to Portuguese. Didn't change much. Yeah. Financially, how you support yourself, Sarah, with these classes? Do because I believe you do it for free, right? Mm, yeah, it's free. So so how how is it possible <laughs> to to become something? I mean, there should be some income for for all your work, no? Or, or people. Other people's work for the Christian language. There's no support from the from the government. No, it's on my own. Yeah, and my husband helps me. Oh, he also teaches. No, my husband is not a, a Portuguese. My husband is from Sabah. He's a different ethnic. He's a Kadazan. Uh huh. So he speaks a different language and a totally different tradition. We both oh. have. So my sons, my children, they are exposed to these two. Different world. <laughs> but they know Christian. Oh, my boys speak Christian. Yes, they do. You have two boys. You have two boys? I have four sons. And they all speak. They speak. I make sure they speak Christian and follow the tradition of uh, Christian. Like, you know, when there's funeral, what to do, Christmas. Uh, it's all Christian. <laughs> okay, you beat me, Sarah. I only have two. I think it was a very interesting conversation, Sarah. Uh, we'll end here, but... Uh, I want you to, I know we talked about in the beginning, but I want you to share with our listeners where you, where we can find you, like you spoke about your YouTube, I don't know if you have uh, 
Facebook page and Instagram. Can, can you tell our listeners how to find you? Okay, you can find me through Facebook. Facebook is my name, Sarah Frederica Santa Maria. That is my name, and we have a, a page also for the Tropedy Santa Maria, also on Facebook and YouTube. Either you find my name, Sarah Frederica Santa Maria, or you just type uh, Tropedy Santa Maria and you can get our, our channel. Okay, and uh, you have an Instagram page? No. Instagram, I use more for my cakes because I also make traditional cakes. So it's Fugang the Mastery. Sarah, Mastery is teacher. I will make sure that I'll put all this so that our listeners can, uh, can you know, contact you. Okay? I want to know how do you say in Kristang? I want to say how do you say uh, it was a pleasure to meet you uh, and I hope I see you soon. Okay. Yo, alegria and contra kumbos. Ate amanyang. Ate amanyang. Right, you say at the logo, right? Uh, you say at the amanhã. Adeus. Eu tenho alegria de, de estar convosco. É assim? Até amanhã. Até amanhã, Pedro. Até amanhã. Super. Até amanhã, Sara. Yes, at the logo. I also do dine with me, where you can have makan in my house. You can eat in my house. Obrigado. Muito merce. Yes. Muito merce. Muito merce. Yeah, de nada. <laughs> so nice. Thank you so much, Sara. Welcome. Well, this is where we end. Don't forget that you can go to travelandlearngoa.com where you will find all our Learn Portuguese podcasts but also the YouTube channel where we have Portuguese lessons as well. Remember that you can also find some practice material on our website www.ctngo.org. I will keep the link in the show notes and if you really want to practice your speaking skills, then we suggest you try italki. Italki is the most loved language marketplace that connects students with the most dedicated teachers. There are more than 130 languages available at italki and thousands of teachers to pick from. I am leaving a link in the description which will take you directly to the italki page. This is also a way for you to support our channel since now we are affiliated to italki. So, see you next week. Bye! Adios!